Welcome to Mudflap and Palmer Were Forced to Do a Podcast, a weekly bonus bit of the Mudflap and Palmer Show, starring Mudflap and Palmer. Reach out to us on Facebook or email mudflapandpalmer at gmail.com. Now, against their will and most people's wishes, here are Mudflap and Palmer. Hey, and welcome to episode number 10 of Mudflap and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast. I am Palmer. And I am Mudflap. And together we are Mudflap and Palmer. Episode 10. That's right. 10 weeks of this. Nice. Will it ever end? It never. Never? I'm just getting the hang of it now. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for listening, finding us wherever podcasts are available. Also on the Cat Country website, catcountry993.net. Yeah, the downloads are way up. Yeah, so thank you for that. That is so cool, especially last week's episode that uh, starred Drew McIntyre, who uh, by the time you hear this will have been, will have been in, uh, in Florence at a big WWE event. And so will somebody we're talking to this week as well, WWE superstar Kofi Kingston. We'll get to that interview a little bit later on. But I know that... Right. Uh, the New Day? Yeah, The New Day. And I know that by the time this airs, or that a lot of people get to hear this, you will have been to the event because we're recording this on Thursday. It goes live Friday. The event is Saturday in Florence, and it's a pretty good card. It's a great card. Yeah, yeah, a lot of great wrestlers, a lot of the big names that you expect. Probably the last time you see Roman Reigns in Florence. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes on, of course, Drew McIntyre, who we talked to. Got the New Day going up against the Bloodline. We've got Cody Rhodes against Seth Rollins. I mean, the the card is amazing. Are you excited? You got your tickets. You're going. I am going. And how, how are the seats? They're fantastic. Really? Are We're, you going to get sweat on you? We are literally ringside. <laughs> so I can't wait. Are, are you going to be able to take, will they let you take pictures? I don't know how that works. Um, I know at some events they do, some mm-hmm. events not so much, because a lot of these house shows that they do, they're kind of working out storylines to move into like Raw and SmackDown on national television. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times, not so much. Um, it was like they had one leak last week with Roman Reigns basically saying goodbye to the people in New Jersey. I remember saying, that. You know, I'm not coming back. And I'm on a different schedule uh, from here on out, kind of a Brock Lesnar schedule. So my guess is no. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts to this appearance in Florence. While you may think that a house show in Florence, South Carolina... <laughs> May not have a lot of import, but there are some things going on that will play out in front of the crowds here in Florence. So very excited about that event. We'll talk to Kofi Kingston in just a little bit. Before we start, we do have a top five list today we'll get to in a little while. It'll be the top five things that annoy us about social media. That's coming up in a couple minutes, and I know you're ready. You're locked and cocked. Oh, that took me all of three seconds to make. (laughs) Are they in correct order? Yeah. Or do you just say, I hate all these things all the time? I think they're all equal. They're all number one. It may be a top five list, but they're all number one. I, I got to thinking about this. I was watching, I don't know, I went down some kind of weird rabbit hole uh, the other day, and I got to thinking about this, that when I was a teenager and arcades were a huge thing, are they still a thing? Like, you well, they go in are, and put your quarters in? They are, but they're different. Um, you have, like, the retro arcades, which mm-hmm. we would consider arcades. Sure. Um, but now it's like my, my oldest son, he's going to be 29 this year. Mm-hmm. He loves to go to Dave and Buster's and which it's, it's an arcade, but it's not an arcade because right. you have, you know, the skeet ball and all the different types of games and making the coins fall and things like that. I think that's more considered arcade these days than it is compared to where you had the, you know, the Pac-Man and, and, and the Miss Pac-Man Defender and Galaga and all that stuff. So I think it's a little bit different now. That's probably considered what's normal. What ours is is considered retro. <laughs> we're old. To put it nicely. We're old. 
Now, when I was uh, a teenager, my senior year, my senior summer after I'd graduated, and actually my first year or two in the Marine Corps, I had a side gig of managing an arcade. I managed one in my hometown of Scroon Lake, New York. I managed one in Quantico, Virginia, in the downtown area of Quantico, Virginia, for uh, a while as well. So arcade games are near and dear to my heart. Well, my father had the same job you did. Is that right? It was a side gig, and it was an arcade down on Ashley Phosphate Road, and every Friday and Saturday night, you know, while everybody else was going to the skating rink and everything else, Mm -hmm. we went to the arcade in which I, I would just look at Dad and go, that's the game I want to be loaded up on. He would open it up and load me up on, you know, as many basically credits as I wanted, and we just sat there and played for hours on it. Not me. I was a slave to Mario because I would go in and I made X amount of dollars a day, and I just cashed them out as tokens and played games all day and, and got paid basically nothing, just hung out in this arcade as the kids came in and out, and a lot of them that I knew. Yeah, I got I got no money. <laughs> Zero money for that entire summer. Got it for free. <laughs> Got they it got for me free. for free. Yeah, That's and for you. sure. Because it didn't cost them anything. Yeah. It didn't cut family friend my butt who gave me that job. Are you kidding me? He's just saving some cash. Is dude. that what that was? Just needed a warm body in there. All right. So put yourself in that mode where you're in an arcade. And as you just said, you're pointing to your game of choice with your dad. What was the game that you crushed? Now, there's, there's some differences here. There's a game that you like to play. Mm-hmm. Then there's the game that people got tired of waiting in line behind you. That would be Miss Pac-Man. Really? Yeah. And now, was it the regular speed or the fast speed? Both. It didn't matter. Because I could do the fast speed. Mm-hmm. It annoyed me like the first 10 levels, you know, when you played that fast speed and then you went to the slow speed mm-hmm. because it was just almost like, oh, hurry up. I, I was pretty good at that. But I loved Miss Pac-Man. I played that forever and uh, Galaga was the other one. Okay. Well, that's interesting because Galaga was one for me as well. That was the probably the game in my town that made the most amount of money. Mm-hmm. Because it was a simple game, and it was a, an offspring of first Space Invaders, then Galaxians, and yep. then Galaga. And right. then, of course, there were They're all the same after games. That. Right. You know? There were just some differences. Right. Uh, but Galaga, yeah, I, was, uh, I, I think I could flip that. You know what it was called when you flipped it? Yep. When the scores went to like 999, and then you went back to zeros. Ooh, Donkey Kong was the other one. Really? I was Love never very good at Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong, and I could play that. Well, I... I was really bad at it at first, but thanks to my father's job, I got really good. <laughs> Games that I got good at. Joust, oh, I got I'm good at that. so bad at that. That and Defender, I sucked at. Donkey Kong Jr., I got good at. I didn't play that until it hit Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gorf, I got good at. Do you remember Gorf? Vaguely. Okay. And, but the one that I really crushed was Defender. Defender 2, I didn't like as much. Defender Def- just made me mad. Oh, and Joust just made me mad. Well, here's the problem with this. Where I lived, and I lived in a very small town, the arcades would close nine months out of the year. But there was a small delicatessen slash house that was right next door to my house. I lived on Main Street. Mm-hmm. Lorman's Delicatessen. And in there, they had one game, and it was Defender. I know that one. They had the best Rubens in town. Actually, that's where I got my my hot dog fix when I was a teenager. There's a surprise. Oh, yeah. yeah. They had some great turkey subs, too. But... Lorman's uh, had one video game in there. It was Defender, and of course, everybody in town played that game in the off season. So there was always a crowd in there, and I got very, very good at that. Now the problem is, if you put me in front of that stand-up console today, organized the same way as the original game was, yeah, I think I could still do very, very well at it. I think I would not. I think I would just get mad. Muscle memory. 
Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. The muscle memory's way gone. Oh no, I think I still got it. I could, but here and here's where that plays into it. When I got my PlayStation or my Xbox or whatever, one of the first things I got was one of those collection of old arcade games. Yes. Had the joystick and everything. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the stand I, I mean, I went down to being just so bad at it again because you were playing on a controller as opposed to the stand-up thing with the joystick here and the buttons in exactly the right location. Well, that's kind of my argument with this, though, with muscle memory because mm-hmm. I think at this point in our lives, we're so far removed from being standing in front of an arcade machine mm-hmm. to holding a controller in your hand because I think at this point... I'm going to be looking for the X button. I, I'm a PS guy, mm-hmm. PS4 guy. And so I'm, I'd be looking for the X, the zero, the square, the triangle. You know, where's L1? Where's L2? Where's right. the trigger? I, I think that would mess me up more than anything else. Now, I would do that with games that I'm familiar playing on PS4 mm-hmm. or Xbox. But I got frustrated very early with uh, Defender on Xbox. So I stopped playing it. So if I went back to the stand-up arcade version, I think that muscle memory is still there. And I think I we could have do, to test this. I out. would love to test it yep. because I'm curious myself. I think I would do very, very well. We got to find out where where one of those game systems are. I would love to, if anybody listening could tell me, point me in a direction of a stand up, not the coffee table ones. Forget those. those or not the level up one that Walmart has. Right, not that one either because yeah. that's like a miniature version. Yes. I need one the same size, shape, and organization as the We're original talking arcade. Old school. Yes. Yeah, the original. Early 80s. Okay. Early 80s. All right, so those are the games that we would crush, or we did crush. Don't know if we could still crush them. I'm pretty sure we couldn't. I, I, I'm willing to put money on the fact that if I could do very well. it's on the PS4, well. I could do it. I could do very well in the stand-up, I think. All right, here is part two. We're going to do the top five. We don't do politics. I think we should have, like, a no-politics zone. But we do love to argue. Look at us. We're already fighting. Well, that's what we do. It's time for Mudflap and Palmer's Top Five. This is the top five things that annoy us. About social media. And I'll let you go first. All right. Um, I'm going to go with a mild one first is spelling. Okay. Because I think at this point in time, a lot of people post from their phones and things like that. There's mm-hmm. autocorrect. And sometimes, Absolutely. And sometimes autocorrect will get you. Um, I, and I get that. But for the most part, there are some words where you look at it and you look at it sideways like the confused dog look. To add a footnote to that, spelling I kind of get, although I'm with you on the auto check. What I... What boggles my mind is people that will post a complete paragraph that is like total hieroglyphics. And you have no idea what they And is. you go, did you not look back to see if that posted right, to see if that made any sense? I always ask my kids. I go, translate this for me. Right? I, I mean, don't know what this means. No, it's like weird words that don't belong in there and symbols, and you're going, did you not even look at what you typed? Thank God for TikTok because it's all videos. All right. My number five is everyone's right always. Okay. That's a social media thing, not just a Facebook thing, but you can never, ever, ever say, you know what? You'll never hear this ever. Somebody go, I thought I was right, but you've convinced me otherwise. You will never, ever hear that. People will. Or say I'm wrong. All Facebook is, is a series of hills like the Alps that everybody wants to die on. That's all it is. I agree. And they refuse to look at things any other way. Whatever stubbornness we had before social media came along was cemented. Once we got social media. And multiplied. Mm-hmm. Number all right. Four. Number four. See, my next four are all so strong. I just feel like they all need to be number one. Okay. Well, we have that, uh, you know. That, it's okay. That warning. Uh, post your drama on Facebook. Okay. And it's like, you know, ooh, she don't want to come at me. She knows who she is. And, then, and you're not going to name names. And then, of course, then you have the people that are, 
That's right, girl. Uh-huh. You get them. That's right, dude. We got your back. You just name a time and a place. Tell me a parking lot. Please stop it. Okay, my number four is exactly the same as yours. Okay. I just said keyboard gangsters. Yes. And for that reason, it's like you could see them in real life and they'd be like PTA mom who wouldn't say boo to a goose. But put them in front of a keyboard and they're like, oh, yeah, they're you t- come after me and my family. I, oh, I'm a D up on your ass. Ma- mama, mean, mama bear. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. my God. That drives you me know insane. What? Just stop it. I get you see you you see this as your your Clark Kent glasses or something. I don't know. But you see this as your ability to project a different person than you really are. But people see through it. Yeah. People I, I think see so through too. it. Nobody's afraid of it. Nobody's intimidated. And people are actually laughing at you. All right. If they're not annoyed at you. Because <laughs> we're we're annoyed. All right. So that was my number four as well. What's your number three? Creepers. Really? Okay. Where you get, you know, the 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 person, the guy or the girl who posts a selfie and they're Hey, girl. Oh, the white knight syndrome. Yeah. Ooh, I can't believe you're single, boo. Ooh. You know, <laughs> if, if you were, if you just gave me a chance, <laughs> or or they get even cruder. With oh, it. yeah. You know, and, and so it's those you, people. And you know what? And, and I'm going to take this point in time to say uh, that we have a, a bigger window into how oh, this goes on. There's so many of y'all. Y'all should be ashamed. He has five thousand friends. I have five thousand friends, and we kind of overlap about fifty fifty. So. Probably 7,500 people in general that we get to observe. Yeah. And we see all of this stuff all the time. It's a circus. And I love when my female friends just either post a picture or mm-hmm. a complaint about the opposite sex and then watch the guys come in on their white nights. Oh, especially the complaint. Yes. Well, I'm not like that. Give me a chance. Oh, yeah. I'll treat you different. Or you'll get the ones that try to go undercover, covert. They'll go, yeah, girl. Same, I know, and it's a guy. You know, oh yeah, oh yeah. You, you know, I just had some girl do the same thing to me. Yes, yes, yeah. Looking for that commiseration. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. Oh. Even though that's not one of my uh, top five. My number three is Facebook, the company, the organization, the the monolith, red flagging innocent stuff, but basically allowing porn. Oh my god. Yeah. You know what I'm talking. About. I know. I know exactly. As a matter of fact, I even know who you're talking about. Yeah, we, some we, of these... we have some good watches that we have on Facebook. Oh yeah, some of you we just follow. We just allow you to be our friends mm-hmm. on Facebook just so we could watch this and go. Tell y'all, how are you not banned yet? In 20 years, y'all gonna look back at this and go, "Oh my God, what was I taking? I know. What was I drinking? What was I thinking? Yep. But yeah, it, and, and on top of that, Facebook will red flag and even even put people in Facebook jail for innocuous stuff. Yeah, weird things. So it's. They tell you that there is a team of people that are looking, but it's not. No. It's some weird algorithm that tr- it gets triggered. It picks up words or whatever. Exactly. But you basically put, you know, post a revenge porn picture of somebody's mom, and they don't care. Oh, we know that somebody. That does not go against our standards. Who did that as well. Exactly. Yes, we do, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. All right. So that was my number three. What is your number two? Vague posters. Used to be my thing. I see less of that these days. No, it, it, those are the people who go, why me? And, and then they and, leave it. And then that's it. And, of course, you get the, or you can even call it attention seekers. What up, girl? Or, wow, today's been a day. Or, I don't want to talk about it. And then why are you putting it on Facebook? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm totally with you. Not my top five, and I'm totally with you. All right. My number two is fake people in general. And let me specify. For example, uber Christians that you know aren't. Or... People that talk NC-17 sexist trash but haven't had sex since Obama was president. 
Yeah. Okay? They play this role. And this kind of goes back to that other thing we were talking about earlier. They play this role of somebody maybe they wish they were or maybe they just want you to think they are. Trying to set that public image. Exactly. You can know some people that are probably running a Ponzi scheme and ripping off their poor neighbors, but they're posting Bible verses. Yes. Or the... You know, somebody who you know is sitting in their basement with, with like, Cinemax at night, but they're posting like they're, they're scoring girls and guys left and right. Agreed. And, and they're on Facebook nonstop, and you just go, there's no way that you're that person. There's no way that you have, that, that any of that is true. Right. There's no way. All right, so you're number one. My number one has always been my number one, mm-hmm. and it will always be my number one. Liking your own post. <laughs> Holy hell. Bravo, sir. Because I need to think about that. It's like, why else would you not post it if you didn't like it? Right. I don't get it. Oh. Yeah. No. Oh, and I know people that do that. And I, I just want to tilt my head like puppy dog style and go, what? What are you doing? Are you seeking validation from yourself? Yes. I just, uh, damn, I posted that at nine o'clock this morning. That's a damn good post. <laughs> or, I like that post. Or posting it and then you're the first comment. <laughs> I will only, which is I, even worse than sad. Well, I will only do that if, for example, if there's a clarification. Be, yes, a clarification, an explanation. My number one, and it came up today, and that's what actually got me thinking about this whole list. And it's something that you probably won't even think is significant, but bugs the living daylights out of me. Is if you post something, and somebody shares it, but they share it like it's their own content. Yeah. Or see, I can't really say that because I mean, most of my memes that I post, I just rip off. And, right, but I of, but I always give them credit. Right, I, and, and and I do too. If yeah. if I happen to see something I think is funny somewhere or whatever, mm-hmm. I will share it from the source. But two things, there's two parts to this. One is people will just screen capture your post so they don't have to attribute anything to and you, and then they edit it to where you they you can't see. Or see, right. like I get most of my posts from Instagram, and, right, and they always have their name at the top mm-hmm. of the post which I always try to include it because I'm not saying this is my original content. These are these people who did it, and I always try to give them that. Also, there's a subset to this, which is if you post something and somebody shares it, but let's say they have their privacy settings so that you can't see who shared it. Yeah, that's always a little odd I'm like, hold on. So forget memes for a second. Let's say I post original content, a paragraph about how I feel about something. And you're known to do that. Right. And a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. And somebody shares that. And then you go, oh, I wonder who shared my comment. No, you can't see who it is because their privacy settings. No, if they're going to share something I did, their privacy settings shouldn't allow them to be private. No, I agree with you. I I mean, maybe private to everybody else, fine. But I need to be able to see that because it's my content. I wrote it. At at least let the creator know. Yes. You know, so that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So uh, it's interesting that. We both had top fives, and then we only crossed paths once. Which is odd. Although, I did agree with everything you said. Same. Yeah, yeah. but we just had different priorities as far as... And again, I could have replaced my five with your five. Oh, yeah. And not even and felt not, it. Yeah, same. Wouldn't even done, wouldn't even broken a sweat. I agree. All right, speaking of breaking a sweat, this guy's in Florence. Very excited about this. Had to do some research because I did not know the name. You, of course, oh. knew the name. So tell us a little bit before we get to talking... To Kofi Kingston. Yeah, we're going to talk to Kofi Kingston here in just a second. And if you don't know, he's a WWE superstar. I, I want to say he's, I mean, he's been around for a long time. Started out as a singles wrestler. I think it's 15 years he's been wrestling. Yeah. On the national circuit. Yeah, he started off uh, Kofi Kingston. He was Jamaican. Uh, he was like 
Sir Kofi Kingston at one point, I think. He's, he'd been, been quote-unquote knighted. Oh, no, that that's different. Was that, was that, that was something when, else? That was when Xavier Woods won Royal Rumble, and he became hand of the oh, king. Oh, like Game of Thrones? Yes, he was. Hand, he had a, he had a pin to the and everything. It was the best thing ever. I got to tell you, man, and in talking to this guy, we recorded this a couple days ago, and talking to this guy, I didn't know him from Adam going into this, but... I want to know him now because he was such a fun interview. I, I love him. I love Xavier Rhodes. I love Big E. You may have already heard more of this interview on our morning show, which, uh, again, we aired this on Friday morning. But here's a portion of uh, the two of us talking to the one and only Kofi Kingston. Clap for your world-famous five-time champs and feel the power! It's a new day. Yes, it is. Kofi, good morning, man. What's up, Ed and Mudflap? Dude, weird. <laughs> is that what I heard? Okay. I- I'm imagining right. you have questions about that name, don't that, you? That's not my wrestler name, sir. I'm I sorry. Get- I was born with that. I, that, is that that's your that's your government name. Mother <laughs> name Mudflap. Okay. Hey, you know I love it. I love it. Kofi is a very unique name too. But uh, you just took it to a whole nother level. So. Well, let's talk about that for a second because as Ed Palmer's the, the real wrestling fan, and I have to do a little studying up. I have to admit, and I was reading up on you, and I did not realize this. Uh, I knew a little bit. But you are, and am I right in this, and that you are the only WWE champion to ever come from the continent of Africa? Is that correct? That is true. Um, I'm at least the first. Well, I know that So uh, Justin Gabriel was from uh, South Africa, mm-hmm. and he was a tag team champion at some point. But I, I am the first WWE uh, champion, first United States champion, first intercontinental champion, first tag team champion that was born in Ghana, in West Africa. So... Um, yeah, I, you know, it's a, it's a little feather in the cap. There'll never be another first, you know? So, yeah, it's crazy. Do you ever get any feedback from there about what you've accomplished in the WWE? Oh, absolutely, man. So the crazy thing is, is so when I won the WWE Championship in 2019, um, it was wild because I, I, I got a lot of videos on social media from people all over the world, but the one that was um, the, the most, like, mind-blowing to me was one that my mom sent me because she goes back to Ghana quite a bit and uh it was that uh a video of my uncle's house where he had invited everybody in the town to come watch Wrestlemania and they were just going nuts I saw that video it's so awesome um oh my god dude like it, it was just it was incredible and then on top of that I got to go back um in the summer of 2019 and I got to take the WWE Championship to Ghana for four days and just did like a whole tour. It's just so so amazing to me to think about. You know, I was a little kid who was born there and just had championship and WWE aspirations and just follow my, my childhood dream, and I was able to do it. So for me to go back to Ghana and show everybody there, especially the kids, that the most prestigious title in the history of wrestling had a, a very Ghanaian name on it. You know, Kofi is, is the name given to a boy born on Friday. Traditionally, people are named based on the day of the week that they were born. So um, Kofi is the name given to a boy, a boy born on Friday. So you can imagine there's a lot of Kofis there, right? So uh, <laughs> it was awesome to see the looks on their faces when they saw uh, just the, my, my name on that, that WWE championship because it just opens up so many possibilities, man. When you're shown something 
that you're, you know, that, that is tangible. You can, you believe in yourself that you can achieve anything that you want to achieve. And 50 years from now, people will still look back and say, you were the one that broke that glass ceiling for, for wrestlers from Ghana. You're the, you're the first. I mean, nobody can ever take that away. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing, man. I, I take a lot of pride in it, so it's, it's definitely very cool. All right. Well, when people think Kofi Kingston, they think the New Day. And you and Xavier and Big E, without a doubt, hands down, have got to be my favorite tag team that and group that has come along in such a long time because you guys have so much fun between the, the different props and Fran- Francesca and Bootios and the Unicorns. <laughs> I mean, do you guys just sit around and drink and go, hey, we're going to do this next week? <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, pretty much. Uh, we, I mean, not, none of us are real big drinkers, but we sure do drive around in our cars uh, going from town to town, and we're just messing around. And funny things that happen in our situations and interactions, we bring that into the ring. And I think that is what uh, like kind of separates us from a lot of the superstars on the roster because you think of, like, Oh, WWE wrestler, I got to be big, tough, and brooding, and I'm so strong and I can't laugh because everything is serious. And we are the <laughs> opposite of that. I mean, he's, like, really strong, for real. But, uh, yeah, like, he's, he's a beast, like, man. There, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, his uh, record deadlift, I think, is, like, 850 pounds or something like that, which is the equivalent of a fiat. Wow. So we always throw that stat out there that he's able to deadlift a fiat. Which is crazy, man. He's crazy strong. But um, talking about Big yeah. E, uh, you know, I saw on yeah. Twitter the other day he he was saying the neck is healing up, but not as fast. A little mm-hmm. bit of a setback. Is there a timetable for where he's going to come back with you guys? Yeah, not 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 really a timetable for sure. He's doing uh, actually pretty good, all things considered. And I think it, you know it, it's not even like really a setback per se. I think it was just more. Like, this is where we're at, right? right. We, we take it one day at a time. For those who don't know, Biggie broke his neck in a match about uh, maybe two and a half months ago. Uh, he he uh, fractured his C1 and C6. Good Lord. And uh, it was a very scary injury because um, a lot of people who have that injury are either paralyzed or they don't make it, you know, or they have strokes or whatever. Um, but he actually made out pretty good in terms of being able to walk, being able to um, feel all of his limbs. And uh, like I said, man, we're just taking it one day at a time. He's in really good spirits. And like you said, he's been keeping everybody up to date with uh, where we're at. Obviously, we would love to be farther along in the process in terms of the healing. But um, he's doing great, man. He's just kind of chugging along. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very complicated injury. And we're just trying to figure out what is, uh, what is best in terms of how to proceed. So, um, but again, all things considered, he's doing great. That could have been a lot worse. You know, I love you guys, but Xavier Woods is one of those dudes that I so relate with because he is just a, a basically a video game nerd who who wrestles. <laughs> you know, he's got the whole Zelda tattoo on him, and he's got his Twitch channel and all that other stuff. Uh, he brings oh, yeah. so much of that life into the new day. Do you guys just look at him sometimes and go, no, absolutely not? No, no. We're always 100% supportive, man. Like, we're all big video game nerds. Yeah. But Woods, obviously, the the biggest of all of us. He He, he really is. He got a tattoo on his tricep about, uh, it was the the Buster Sword from Final Fantasy VII with uh, the Mega Man helmet on top. So his (laughs) dedication to games and and video games is, uh, is unmatched, unparalleled. No one will ever see it, you know? So, uh, but yeah, no, we're in full support, man. I think that's what makes us so great is that we never say no, right? It's like improv where you say yeah. yes and, right? When you go back and forth. When he has an idea, even if we don't understand it, we go with it. It usually turns into something beautiful. So 
Yeah, man, we, we love it, man. It's, uh, it is a great thing. And a lot of the pride that we take as members of the New Day is being able to break down the stereotypes of your prototypical WWE superstar. The fact that people watch the show, and like you said, like you, you uh, don't necessarily identify with like the, the walking around with your shirt off and being oiled up. No, you identify with like video games. Oh, 100%. Nobody wants you, to you see know, me we're, walking we're, around we're, oiled up. Kofi, and it's just not going to happen. Hey. Oh, come on, man. Never say never. never oh, absolutely never. never. And try it out first. I recommend you try it out first. You got to walk around the house by yourself with it, and then you go out get the mail, you know, oiled up. You look around and you say what's up to your neighbors, have a conversation before you know what you're doing. You're grocery shopping in a Speedo, and you're fully lubed up, man. So it's just baby steps, man. It's just baby steps. For those folks that don't know, they can catch Xavier Woods and, of course, you occasionally on the YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, Down. All right, so you took the uh, the championship from Gentleman Jack Gallagher in Mortal Kombat 3 uh, about two, three years ago. Is that your game of choice? Is that the one that you say, yeah, I got game at this? Oh, I love Mortal Kombat. It's probably my, first, my favorite video game of all time from all the nostalgia and all the time that we played growing up. Um, but right now, man, we all play Tekken, Tekken 7, and we're in <laughs> real deep. We've been playing it for years. Uh, it came out, I think, like, six years ago, oh, maybe yeah. seven years ago, but it still holds up, man. They've done such a great job in being able to, like, update the game, and uh, there's always, like, different... Even If you learn how to play the game, you become a professional, and you master one character, and then you go play another character. It's like a completely different game. So um, that's the game of choice right now. Um, we used to play a lot of Madden back in, the, back in the day, but I would say, like, Tekken 7 kind of dominates the... Uh, the landscape right now we got the usos playing it you know um myself wood um shelton benjamin plays it ricochet plays monsoor just started playing so we got a lot of uh, a lot of people that are really deep in the game of tech He's really really good <laughs> all right you brought up the usos of course they're part of the big bloodline right now and when i think new day i yeah. think usos you guys are so <laughs> tied at the hip because you y'all are so good in the ring together are, are we gonna see you guys yeah. get back you know with each other again soon Absolutely, man. As a matter of fact, uh, that's who we're going to be wrestling at Saturday night's Saturday night main event. Nice! You know we're going to be wrestling with Usos. So uh, it's like one of these things where it's like the best of friends, worst of enemies situation where like we ha- I think the, the reason that we have such great matches and chemistry is because we like a lot of the same things. Um, so when we get out there and we have a match against them, it's like, yeah, we, you know, we might be cool backstage, but we want to look better than you guys when we get out there in that <laughs> ring. And they want to look better than us. When they get out there, so now we're trying to outdo each other, you know? And oftentimes it, like, turns into, like, a big trash-talking session where, you know, we go back and forth on the mic. Oh, we go great. back and forth in the ring. We're trying to, so, so the people get to see, like, this top-notch match between two teams that are, like, uh, not, not to toot our own horns, but probably the greatest tag teams of our generation right now. You know, one of the things I know about the WWE and their superstars, they do a lot outside of the ring with different charities and things like that. Do you have a favorite? Tough to put a finger on a favorite, man. I've been so fortunate to have been with WWE for so long, and we are so heavily involved in the community outreach. Um, I mean, you have a program that's called Be a Star, mm-hmm. and it's an anti-bullying um, like uh, a rally that we take all over the world, and we let kids know to show tolerance and respect. That's what the acronym STAR stands for. Uh, we show tolerance and respect for each other, and we all want to put an end to bullying because it's like, We have all been in a situation where we have either been bullied or we've seen bullying or we have been bullies ourselves. And 
growing up, that was not cool. Like you hated feeling like that. You hated being, um, you know, teamed up on by a group of people and all that. And, and I wish that like somebody had told me back in the day that like that was not cool because, you know, like not, we, we get to show people that like, again, like we're just like them and we went through the same things that they're going through now. So now we can open up their eyes and let them know that like, Hey, your favorite superstars on TV are not cool with this, like bullying and stuff. So they listen to us, you know, and it's uh, a thing that we take uh, very seriously. I mean, we have Make-A-Wish where uh, we go to different hospital settings and help kids out and, and put smiles on their faces, kids who might be in a tough spot. Um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an awesome thing to be a part of. To, uh, you never know, and, and this also applies for, like, the military as well. Like, we are heavily involved with the armed forces and the military. And uh, for the military and both kids who are in hospitals, like, you never know what kind of a day that they've had the day before. You don't know what kind of a day they're going to have tomorrow. But for the, the, the time that we're with them, that five, ten minutes, whatever, however long it is, they have smiles on their faces and they forget whatever it is that's going on in their lives and they're happy. And um, that is really what it's all about for us to be able to put a smile on somebody's face. So um, uh, uh, I, I can't put a finger on a favorite charity or a favorite experience. They're all awesome. For me to be able to go out there and put a smile on somebody's face who might be having a difficult time, is an amazing thing, and I'll do it every single time that I get the chance. Yeah, you guys do a great job. And one final question, Kofi. I know you got other interviews to do, but what's left for you to achieve in the WWE? I think what you're a 22-time title holder. Um, you've held every single championship. What's left for you to do? It's it's tough to say because, like, for me, like I'm I'm still I'm still doing this. You know, I'm still very heavily involved. So. Um, I, I never know what's uh, going to be on my plate when I come to work. It, things are always changing, but I always just show up to work with, an, with a go-getter attitude. And, uh, you know, like it's still day one. It's still day one. Like my enthusiasm for being out there is uh, just as passionate as it was on the first day when I was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and didn't know <laughs> what to expect on the WWE uh, platform. But um, I don't know what's next. But I'm definitely ready to, uh, to, to conquer the challenge. And uh, and keep on pushing forward and keep on putting smiles on people's faces. I know what's next. You want to be in the next Expendables or the next Fast and Furious. That's what you want. Ooh, <laughs> sign me up, bro. Sign me up. <laughs> Kofi, we can't wait to see you Saturday night when you guys take on the Usos here at the Florence Center. Hey, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to be with us. Hey, right on, man. Thanks for having me on the show. And like I said, anybody out there who's never been to a WWE show, you owe it to yourself to be entertained. So let us entertain you. Y'all do a great job at it, man. It's going to be a great show. Thanks, man. Peace. All right, so there you go. Kofi Kingston, our second guest here on the Mudflap and Palmer Is this a trend? God, I hope so. I hope so, too. we got to figure out somebody else to have next week. Yeah, we do. Because I'm liking that. I, I enjoy the interview. I think everybody else, the feedback we got from Drew McIntyre and oh, everything yeah. else, they loved it. Uh, so, yeah, now we just have to get, you know, people that people want to hear from. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> it's a little more difficult. This ended up in our laps. Yeah, it really did. Uh, but as far as getting some interesting people, you know, on the phone or in studio with us, maybe, uh, maybe a little while before we get a third interview. <laughs> that being said, we want to say once again, thank you to everybody that listens to our show Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. on 99.3 The Cat. You can hear it on the app worldwide. You can follow us on social media. You can reach out to us on social media, and you can reach out to us via our email, which uh, some of you have already done, mudflapandpalmer at gmail.com. Let us know what you want to hear. That's episode 10. Episode 11 will be coming your way 
uh, next Friday. That'll be the uh, 20th. Yep. So uh, May 20th, episode 11 of Mudflat and Palmer, we're forced to do a podcast. Goes live. Look for it then. In the meantime, have yourselves a wonderful weekend. Again, thank you so much for being here for us and our podcast. Bye, y'all. And that's a wrap. Thanks for checking out the Mudflap and Palmer We're Forced to Do a Podcast podcast. A new episode goes live every Friday. So check back then. If you need more of the guys, you can hear Mudflap and Palmer in the PD on 99.3 The Cat weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. and around the world via the Cat Country app. Have a great week.